passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your host, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. Gentlemen, I hope you all had a nice Thanksgiving. I hope everyone's full and ready to rock for the other, the next month of the last month of the year. Yeah, yeah, I'm good to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Time to burn it. Time to burn it all off now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, burn it all off till you get it back, and then you have to burn it all off again. Uh, January. Yeah, 12th. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, last week we talked about, you know, our, our guys, you know, being, you know, getting to above 500, then like, you know, losing a few games and getting back to it. But now our reserves, and this is going to be a full show kind of about the reserves tonight, 12 and nine, three games above 500. Who would have thought? Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. I thought they would compete and play well. I, you know, I picked that, obviously, I picked that Brooklyn game, but I thought they would struggle on the road. Um, to my surprise, and wouldn't got them all. We called it pretty close, though. We said they'd split yeah. the Orlando game. And we said that MB would most likely make his debut in Atlanta. So I thought the Charlotte game was going to be, um, you know, what we what we found it because of that back-to-back. Like, that was just – you got extended minutes for all those guys, and then all of a sudden, boom, they got to play the next day. Yep, yep. Um, so – We saw that really hardcore good. yesterday. They, they had – it's actually great that we had the staggered lineup of MB coming in fresh because they were exhausted. Both teams were. That whole fourth yeah. quarter, man, that was a, I love to see the field goal percentage of that fourth quarter because they could not make a shot outside of MB in either of those teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that actually leads us into our, our first topic, uh, MB's return. Um, so last night, obviously, as Tasia said, MB returned and the Sixers took home big win at home, um, hosting the Hawks on a back to back um, after dominating the Magic Sunday night. 
Uh, but since our last show, Sixers four and one, winning three without Embiid, Maxi, and Harden. Uh, but the big thing I, I took away from last night's game was after the game was over, and you, and you saw like, kind of the camaraderie on the sideline. You saw Doc laughing, giggling after the five balls little layup at the end of the game. Um, there's a lot of like a lot of love and a lot of good things going on. Stuff that we thought was going to happen going into the season, mm-hmm. but. Um, Embiid after the game praised Doc and the coaching staff for the team's success uh, while being shorthanded. So my question is, I know everyone in the Sixers Twitter world loves to hate on Doc, um, but and everyone, I think this is kind of a made-up thing from Sixers Twitter land, is uh, you know Doc being on the hot seat. Do you guys, th- does this kind of win streak that we've had with the without the Harden, without Maxi, does this kind of put the Doc being on the hot seat uh, to bed or to rest for a little bit? Um, and- I mean, I don't, I don't, I think it's a situation where unfortunately it's going to be how the team goes is how the rhythm of people see Doc. Um, as long as we're playing like this, yeah, it's going to go. Um, if it goes south, go south again, then all those whispers and talks will come back. So I don't, I don't really think it's a, um, you know, the end of it. It's just, they don't have very much to say right now because of the situation. They're playing well and and everything's moving well. And, you know, we have guys that are injured and the team is still playing well. So that has something to do with players. It has something to do with coaching. And yeah, so you you can't criticize it when the production, everything is going well and guys are playing well. So you can't, you can't criticize that. So if, if, if you have that situation, you have to understand that, you know, it's a process and not the old process. I'm saying, <laughs> you know, it's every, a process. every six years, ears yeah. perk up when they hear the word process. Yeah, yeah. It's a process in getting guys back healthy. Um, so even sometimes when they come back, it, it's going to be, it's going to take some more time, um, you know, to, to get back in that rhythm. You know, what do you do with Shake when Maxie and James come back? You know what I'm saying? He's playing really well. So it's, it's tough. Um, the roles and everything change. Do you do you keep those minutes a little lower for those guys and increase shake a little bit? You know, so and that's why I'm saying it's a process to getting to the point where we ultimately want to be. But I think yeah. having the guys play as well as they can, you know, you you know they they can um, produce. I mean, we had an episode not too long ago when people were talking about how our bench wasn't producing. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and now. They come and produce, you know, extremely well you know, when it was necessary. Those stats all made sense now, right? Because remember, it was a they were top three in what steals, blocks, and true shooting percentage, right. but bottom in points. So we said that you don't not get opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now they have it. Yeah. But usually, you see when you see that the opportunities increase to such volumes. You usually see the true shooting come down a bit, and all the percentages come down a bit with more. But they really—that's a crazy thing. They—they they have, and they've been so efficient. It's—it's it's insane. Yeah. Um. So I've said it before. I'll say it again. We've—we've we've all said this on the show. Doc knows how to win games with men down. He—he just—he's really good at it. So, so we're ten and five this year when at least one of our big four is missing. So to, Tobias, Maxi, Harden. And beat at least one's missing. We're 10 and five this year. Um, he knows how to win with less talent on the floor. We've seen that in years past. Uh, that Tobias Clippers team that made the playoffs as an eighth seed. Um, it doesn't mean 
So it's interesting too, because people always assume, and you can speak to this, Eric, that when you have more talent and star power, oh God, what do you even have a coach for? It's easier. You can make an argument that it might be even be harder because you can't just call the best play sometimes. You have to factor in, oh my gosh, we have to get that guy the ball. He hasn't been getting his touches. He needs to touch the ball more. And it kind of takes you out of just it, it becomes up. more, it becomes a lot more managing than coaching. Yeah. Um, managing egos, managing personalities. Um, so yeah, I mean, I get it when you when you don't have that and you have guys playing now, you have guys that are more defined in their role. So even though they're they're starting and they're you know playing more minutes, they they still are the structure is still there as far as game planning and, and what you want to do. Like they're not going to go outside that their range or their structure very much. So it's 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 defined. But more than anything, you got to get a guy's credit for stepping up and playing well. I mean, God, they they did it. They they they. They play well. They play like a cohesive team and group and defend it. Uh, look like they were having fun. So, um, well, I think Doc, you know, did a job, good job preparing them. The guys stepped up and 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 performed better than we all thought they would. You know, absolutely, yeah. And you know, and, and I'm, and, I love what and, and, and I know that they beat an Orlando team that I thought, you know, that we we would down there, we would, they would give us some trouble because of their size and playing, you know, beating some good teams and and playing, you know, well on occasions. I thought that would be um, a tough look. But, hey, when, when, you, when you're rolling, you got it going. You give yourself a chance. Mm -hmm. And we said Embiid had, wears his uh, heart on his sleeve, right? Like, he always tells you where he stands. That's why when they had the whole Harden and Embiid having problems, BS Pompeii report, it was like, nah, I don't believe that because Embiid's pretty honest. Like, he doesn't cool punches he just he says pretty much how he's feeling so if there are problems he'll say it if there are no problems he'll say it so it was nice to yeah. hear him give coaching credit uh and, and you know just it's nice to have that positive from your best player right yes i mean yeah he you know when whenever your best players are you know people always say your hardest work i don't, I don't really understand how they're you know harder work might be other people on work hard. I mean, they're, they work hard. They're just better. But whenever they are your people that are willing to do all the things that's necessary to win um, and, and they sacrifice um, themselves, just like everyone else would sacrifice their games. Majority of the role players, majority of people on the team have to sacrifice their games. Um, a lot of the star players don't necessarily have to sacrifice their game. They may have to make sacrifice, but not their game. Um, but whenever someone is willing and able to make any kind of sacrifices to help others, um, it definitely helps. Whether And that may be just talking up after a game, you know, talking and calming things down. It doesn't necessarily, necessarily always have to be what he does on the court. Um, real fast as a side note to the last night's game, you think MB gave a little extra smack down on that John Collins block because he remembers that that poster that John Collins gave him? I mean, if he's anything like Shaq, he remembered it. <laughs> so, I think MB definitely remembers stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. Those guys, you know, guys in that league don't forget very much now. You remember stuff like that. 
the thing is, and it's like you just don't seek the opportunities. They got to kind of present themselves. Mm. Oh, and that was that was right there too. That was right there. And you know what? They they reviewed it just because he he smacked the ball really hard. But like, there's nothing there, man. It's like, come on, don't review a play just because a player gets up crying about it every single time. Like, come on. That's where they. That's where it's at now. They need to do those quick reviews like in the NFL. They get those things done quick. Like, nope, not a first down. Go back, put it, respot it. There you go, play. I love that. Um, yeah, but I I love seeing him spike that. That was that was great. Yeah, yeah. And then after the game, because I mean, I think a lot of people just think that the, those guys, when you when you see that kind of stuff happen during games, there is like bad blood there. I mean, they they tapped each other up after the game and hugged and like talked after the game and stuff. But Trey Young was the one who actually ended up leaving right away. No, I didn't see him dap up anybody. But, nah, he, uh, ran, he took off. He ran out of there. Um, I mean, I don't have, I don't, I don't criticize a guy for walking off and not shaking hands. Like, I don't, no, I don't know if you guys <laughs> ever told you that. You're, like, you're that, sure that, loser, that Eric? Hands at the game stuff is overrated to me. Oh uh, yes, but see, you're part of the old school. You don't have a player up. You don't do any of that stuff. I, I mean, even with little kids, I think it's overrated. I know people really? criticize me for that. Yeah, I don't. It's not, I mean, Wait, hold on a second. You ever coach your kids? You ever coach your kids little league games? Were you ever a coach? Yeah, I coach my little kids in basketball. I'll make them shake hands. Okay. <laughs> they, they go through the, the, the handshake line, but I don't think it's necessary. So, I okay. Really don't. Yeah, that's why you knew exactly where I was going with that. You don't I make think sportsmanship is sport. No, yeah, I don't have them not do it. I just don't <laughs> think it's necessary. I think sportsmanship is when you play in the game. Eric's like, I got when I you guess mad and you got the limp arm and you're doing like this and you slapping people's hands and you mad. Like, sportsmanship is displayed during the game. Yeah. <laughs> Snow's giving Juwan Howard handshakes over there. I'm just saying. <laughs> Majority of the incidents that happen in sports is during the handshake line. That's yeah, true. or the tunnel. No. <laughs> Maybe with the little kids, I give you a pass. But with older people, I don't like college. The G League did it and all that. I don't believe in it at all. Like, no, just go to your locker room. Just it's so I. It is forced sometimes. You, you're making like, people do it. Like yeah, they don't want to do like it. They do it on their own. Like you're yeah. requiring them to do it. So if you're requiring somebody to do it, it's not authentic. Yep, I agree with that. It, it, it does seem a little forced sometimes. But it came more normal to your era, though, of playing. Like they. They were more competitors back then. Now they're all buddies and vacation partners. That's the problem. They're not yeah, really com- I mean, not as competitors anymore. They're, they're they're all like their friends. I get it, but I just like if guys are going to do it, let them do it. Let them do it. Yeah, but let's not make them do it. College, like, in, I mean, in college basketball, they make you line up and then shake hands. But college football, they don't. Why don't they? Because they're more inclined for something to happen. Yep. Yeah. That's why they don't do it in football. True. But I'd say, like, with the way things are now and everyone's buddies, it makes it more obvious. Yeah, now. Like a lot of people are buddies, but they aren't all buddies when they get off that field when the, you know, when the game's over. It's true, but it magnifies it more when a guy doesn't say good game anymore. Because you're like, you're yeah, friends with saying, like, you, 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 you off. Yeah, it's like people are buddy, but you got a lot of people out there, man, talking a lot of trash and doing a lot of stuff. And somebody may think something's dirty. And I'm just saying, like, I don't, people can say whatever, how they feel. I don't have a problem with people that feel like it's okay. I'm saying, I think it's overrated. Yeah, yeah. 
especially they want, older people. And they wanted to win kids and all that, you know. Yeah, y'all can have all that, but <laughs> um, I guess all right, kids. I guess go over there and say good game. I mean, yeah, I mean everybody do it. You, you know, kind of you're teaching them. But, go get your yeah, juice box. Go get your go get your Cheetos and go say good. Yeah, game. get your snacks afterwards. Get they, you know, <laughs> most of them. You know, a lot of them. You know, some of them care. They want. Some of them don't. Some of them yeah. crying. Some of them can't wait to get that snack and go home. Um, but you build it. I get it when you're younger, but I don't get it in high school. Yeah. So from high school on, you say no more. Maybe middle, maybe middle school, but I definitely don't think you should do it in high school. Like I think high school is like, like yeah, what about drive. what about the old school baseball ones? Two, uh, uh, was it? Um, two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? And the other team, and they they, they, they cheer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe little league. I thought I, I was a little league kid. I thought that was stupid back then. I was like, man, we can't, we're doing we're doing like a song about the, our team now. Like, come on now. Like, I think she, I think slapping each other's hands is enough. You don't have to do a whole like song and dance about it. Come on. Yeah. Especially yeah. they, you know. Yeah. All right, man. We can move on. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about handshakes. Um. All right. Uh. So Eric's not a fan of the handshakes after games. Um. So clear. Um, I will say high school at football after the games, I remember the most times there was kind of any kind of scuffles was in that line at, after the games. Oh, you you have to tell me I already know. You didn't, have to, me, shit on, you didn't on, have to tell me. You <laughs> told me most of your scuffles during the game. I would have said the handshake line. Yeah. I already I already know that. <laughs> um all right, so you know we talked about Doc, you know, having you know co- coaching his ass off for the last five games, um, and with that, you know, Shake Milton dominating, uh, averaging twenty three points, uh, six and seven over his last six games, along with Melton, who's doing an amazing job. Uh, Tobias, I think he has at least twenty three points in each of his last three games. Um, so my question is, and you guys kind of touched on this a little bit, um, with the way the group has come together, um, the kind of the reserves. How does this change things when our team is uh, back at full strength in, a, in maybe a week or so, or, or about two to three weeks when when uh, Mackey comes back with Harden? Well, I think the the main thing for me is you know speaking of shake, I I was one to say I thought they should have been playing that fourth guard more. That's right. Um, I was on record saying that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, Shake has proven that. Oh. Um, um, and then you can kind of have more balance and if a guy has it going, you can rotate different guys and you you don't have, and you can have them fresher. Um, you can decrease some minutes, um, which James is definitely going to need. I don't know. Maxie may be able to jump right back in, um, but James will, it'll benefit him. Um, so I think it benefits James down the long, the long run and having them kind of play fewer minutes and hopefully everybody's fresher towards the end of the year. So I, I think from that standpoint, he's established himself that a guy that should, you know, that can be in your rotation. Um, so I think that that definitely helps, helps him and helps us. And another nugget about the reserves. I think the Orlando game Sunday was the highest field goal percentage game we've ever shot uh, in like the last like 30 years, like 1986 or 1983 was the last time we shot um, anything above 60, 64% in the game or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. That's, I mean, it was what, the 80s or something? They, the, the years that he threw out there? Yeah. Um, wow. That's hard to do, man. That's, 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 you're, 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 you're flowing. 
I don't think our team ever came close to that, but you're flowing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you win those games, especially especially if you're solid and you're taking care of the basketball and you defend. You, you can win a lot of games yeah. <laughs> shooting well, you know. So, but you got to give them credit. I think it's the making the shots, it's the taking the good shots, and and the flow of the game. You know, I, I think some teams were kind of struggling on how to defend. Mm -hmm. How to defend them? Um, searching for you know who who, who are you going to go? Who are you going to game plan for? And how are you going to stop them? And you know having multiple guys that can can do it. Yeah, on the telecast last night, Alu Abdinabi actually said that like what last few games you're actually seeing it's not who's taking the shot, it's getting the best possible shot on every possession. Which I mean, it's the way it's the way it should be, really. But I mean, that's yeah. I mean, but I think it's it's. You know, last night, now we know it's going through Joel. Um, right. Um, but I think more than anything, it's it's guys understanding um, what it is that they do. So it's, it's you, they're they're playing and they're playing and they're more defined in their role. Um, guys that are shooting threes are ready to shoot. Guys that are making some plays are making plays and making shots and and. You don't have a lot of, and this is the one thing we don't have with when those other guys are are playing is we don't have a lot of random plays. We don't have a lot of random one on ones and um, holding the yeah. ball like, and that's not just James. Um, I think Joel does it more too when those guys are playing because it's sort of like I ain't had the ball, or I ain't had a shot. So, but that's why they're the best players because they're they are capable of going one on one and scoring and still making things happen. But when the other guys come in, that's not their game and that's not their best way to be successful. So you have to eliminate a lot of that, and and it works. Um, but that brand of basketball will be a little different when you when you put the put that talent back on on the court. We saw that even with adding one guy, with adding a Joel. What the. the Yes, it was an adjustment period during that game because they were yes. used to they were used to pass, 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 shoot, open, shoot, open, shoot. And when yes. Joel had the ball, what actually helped was that Joel knew how cold he was and he kind of deferred a little more, which helped the ball movement again. And in the, the fourth, he was just getting so many paint touches and yeah. everyone was exhausted. He was just taking over. So, yeah. you know, that's that's great. That's a good little system. I, I do think we can afford to rest guys more often when they all come back. Um, I don't think we need to go crazy with Joe, uh, uh, any of their minutes, really. I mean, we don't I mean with Paul Reed stepping up the way he has. I think he solidified the backup big unless they really like a Harrell matchup they want to exploit. He, he looks great. Um, Maxi, he is younger. He can handle it, but he's coming off an injury. So I think with Maxi and Harden, you can not only rest them more often. They just don't have to play as many minutes, man. I mean, Shake and, and DeAnthony just – they look great. Um, yeah. We have the number one defense in the league right now. We have the number four defensive efficiency in the league right now. We're the number we're one defense against three pointers right now. It's like that's crazy. And we were it was the opposite. Remember, we were saying how good our offense was and our defense wasn't. It's just like it's totally flipped, right? So they know how good our offense is with our stars in the core. They know how good our defense is with the stars off the court. They just got to find a way to kind of. Find that happy medium there, man. If you can get, if you can keep a top ten on both sides of the floor, I mean, that's 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 incredible. I mean, they they just, yeah, they stepped up so much. Um, 
I think the, and they have so much confidence too that you know these stars are because look, the way we're playing right now, we expected us to come out of the gates like that. And yeah. that was what Tucker was talking about when he was like when we went on like a three game, four game losing streak when we were like oh and three or whatever. And he was he was saying how no one's gonna lay down for us. You have to take it. This team's taking it every night because they go into it thinking we're overmatched. That they're going to beat us, right? They they have more talent. They have all their guys. We don't. We're supposed to lose this, so they go into it kind of clawing from the beginning. We weren't doing that to start the year. We were kind of going into it as the other team. Like I, I bet you our non-starter team would probably beat like the, the the this team right now could probably beat the team we had at the beginning of the season, but based on how much effort they're showing, because yeah. we just don't. But you know what? These guys are looking at it from the bench now. It's it's it must be inspiring to a certain degree. It's like, damn, dude, these guys are pulling out victories that we weren't even pulling out. Like, we can't come back and lose games for this team now. They actually held they held down the four. We were down. We need to come back and keep this going. So, hopefully, it inspires them. I mean, find a happy medium is what I'd say. So, um, yeah, Shake deserves more on a consistent basis. Um, I also don't really know. It actually makes it harder to know if we're going to make a trade, what the hell we would trade for at this point. Because I don't – backup guards? I think Shake can't go that. You know, you take someone and, and, and play with them over Shake? No. I, yeah, I don't even – I don't know. I mean, for me, you don't you – don't Reed looks good. Harold can't even get playing time right now with the Ray Reed. You're making a move. You're making the move. Just you know, to make it, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're making a move to move someone, so you're kind of taking somebody unless you want to – clear up a roster spot to make a big move or something like that or yeah. get a draft pick. But if we ain't going after KD, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. I, don't I think that would be, yeah, that'd probably be it. And I will say, if you want to start the KD, it's okay. We can, um, if you're going to trade Maxi, if, if you were a naysayer about trading Maxi, Shake's got to instill some confidence in you. If you're saying, Hey, Maxi and Tobias and other stuff for Durant, Oh, what are we going to do with our guard? Well, Shakes averaging 23, 6, six and 7. So I'm not going to say Shakes maxi because he's not, but that's not maybe as big of a drop-off as we thought it was long-term. So, um, yeah, other than that, wing shooter. And we also have to give credit again to Tobias for just being, you know, um, just a – just yeah, just I mean, if, you, if you you get shooting, you have shooting. Like shooting is a premium, so if you can always get shooting, you always take that. So remember, we wanted Justin Holiday this offseason. He killed it last night. He actually kept him in the game at points last night. I mean, yeah, you got you know. So it's just gonna be interesting to see like what we do. Like like we playing Ferk more, and he's the shooter. But what do you do when everybody comes back? Yeah, that's that's the part we don't know. Hey, good problem to have though, right? But it is different when you playing twenty to thirty minutes and playing five to ten. Just yeah, so you know, I know it is and a difference. The, and those five to ten, you're on the it floor is. with Max yes. or Harden or Embiid or just standing there waiting to touch the ball. Yes, it's yeah. different because if you're if you're shake and you're like, well, I want my shots, and you look at Tobias and he's only getting eight shots up a game, you're like. Where the who are my shots gonna come from? Well, how the hell am I gonna get you? I can't justify taking 10 shots and dude Harris is taking seven a game. So and Harris 
I mean, again, I don't want his shots to go down, but what the hell are you going to do? Someone's got to shoot less. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, it's different. I mean, so you just got to play your role. We got to hope Doc's uh, management becomes as good as his coaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last night we were watching the game. Tay just said um, to me he when talking about his potential of KD, um, you know, trading Maxi and Tobias. He said uh-huh. that right right now, not not, not long term. Obviously, Maxi's got you know potentials you know through the roof. But Tay just said right now that um, uh, Shake has a better all around complete game than uh, Maxi. Would you agree with that, Eric? I don't. I don't see where. I think he's a better. I don't, he may not be a better playmaker, um, but he's better with the basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like he's more. How can I say it? Probably he's more. He seems to be more under control. I was going to say use the word control. Actually, yeah, um, seems to be more under control where. He seems to be more of a, to me, he comes off more as a combo guard and Maxi comes off more as a scorer. That's that's a good assessment. That So, you know, it's kind of combo guards are quote unquote looked at as a more well-rounded player than a scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, yeah I, can, I can see that. But I don't. I don't think he's a better player than Maxi. But I think, yeah, that I don't. I don't think that's you know far off from Maxi. Just plays so fast too. He's so fast that it's sometimes hard to really have an offense around him. Other than all right, go Maxi. It's like press the button. He shoots out like a rocket. It's like well, that that's his. That's one of his talents in this draft. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Shake plays a little slower. And he has, you know, he incorporates. And he plays through because that's sort of easy. Because he doesn't have maxi speed? Because he, he'd probably <laughs> use maxi speed if he had it? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so uh, our next topic, uh, something that's been getting a lot of um, a lot of run on Twitter. A lot of people are taking this and just uh, calling out Maurice awful uh, off-season addition and bringing P.J. Tucker. Um, so everyone's saying – Everyone's kind of, you know, people are ball watchers. They watch, you know, guys who score and shoot. And that's what they like. So everyone's calling out uh, PJ Tucker for only having one bucket in his uh, last eight games. Um, but what people don't realize, you know, plus, plus minus is plus 48 over that span, uh, which is the best on the team. Um, and in relation to, to Tucker, uh, Doc had said that people are too focused on points scored. Um, you know, as we said, people are ball watchers. Um, so. Is this something to worry about? PJ Tucker only having one bucket in the last eight games, or is this just people on Twitter overreacting and people just being casual basketball fans? Eric, I mean, I think it's something to worry about if it, you know, if it doesn't change because you know the playoffs, he's gonna have to score the ball, he's gonna have to make some shots. So Doc can say whatever he wants about all that plus minus stuff. Um, at the end of the day, um, he's gonna have to be a guy that's willing and able to make some plays and make some shots because they're gonna force him to do it. Um, I believe that he can he can do it, but he's going to have to. And it may start sooner rather than later. I mean, eventually teams may start, you know, doing it. You know, but I haven't seen where teams are just like leaving him wide open. So I think some of the teams kind of looked at maybe what he's done in the past 
and kind of like play off of him, but don't just leave him completely open every time. Um, but yeah, he's gonna he's gonna have to make some plays. He's gonna have to you know take some shots, make some plays, and along with all the other stuff that he brings to the table. Um, but it's really going to come down to hopefully we don't have losing streaks or losing games. And he has a game of two where he takes some shots and don't make them. That's where I think it blows up. Yeah. Um, you just, you just kind of want to make it go away. So we don't have to kind of, it keeps being a thing. The one thing I know when people think about you not making shots, you know, I know all about that. Um, whereas when I came into the league, people said I couldn't shoot. And it was all about my free throws. When I came into the to the league, I was a 50% shooter at Michigan State. So what would make you think I couldn't shoot? It was my issues that I had at the free throw line is where it kind of all started. And it stuck my whole career. No matter what. No matter what I did, no matter what, that's, that's just what they said. That was the knock? For the – for the forever. So the one thing I know about shooting is when people say you're missing, you're as good as your last shot. Yep. That's my concern. With it being like blown up in his own head. Well, I think mentally he can handle it. I'm just saying from a standpoint that it's not going away. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not going away. He, he is going to be viewed at as far as from this point right here, once it becomes an issue, you're viewed as you're as good as your last shot. Yeah. And you're as good as your last shot in those critical moments to make it worse. If we're in the playoffs and you get two wide open shots and you miss them, oh, I told you this. He make them, great, he made a shot. But it's always going to come back to that last one. And that's where his situation has taken it before. I think if he would have made one or maybe two threes a game or maybe even one three, this wouldn't be an issue. But it is now. Um, I agree with all that. I was going to say, I think it's right now it's being Twitter, just being Twitter. But come playoff time, it won't. So yeah, yeah. This, look, the plus 48, it's great. It was 48 or 58? What is 48? Whatever it is, they don't care. It's yeah. about whatever you made that last shot. And those defensive stats I was saying, defense efficiency, best defense three-pointer, number one defense in the league, he is definitely contributing to that, I want to yeah. say. Yes. Um, he's also contributing to – None the- of that stuff matters if we lose the game. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to come down to we didn't score enough points. But the loud thing is loud missed shot. Everybody can see it, even if you don't understand the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. You can see that. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I, I I don't I'm not as worried. Uh, I didn't want to. I'm, we're not going to ride PJ Tucker by any means during the season. We've had so many injuries that he's kind of had to become our glue defensive guy, which is great. But I mean, as long as he shows up and hits shots in the play, just big shots in the playoffs, open shots, a three pointer here and there. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. I'm not I'm not too worried about. 
PJ. I'd be more worried if it's defense and this was bad. Then I'd be like, whoa, what's yeah. going on? Because we, we 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 got you to be Matisse plus shooting. So if you're not going to be a good shooter, then you're kind of just Matisse who could play small ball five. Um, so it's good to yeah, I, I'm not worried. I, I think he'll hit a couple threes, play your stellar defense, and you'll be fine in the playoffs. You'll be a happy man. Yeah. I also snuck Matisse into this episode, by the way. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Check it off. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, now, if it was if it was Matisse, because he already has the history, and he played the amount of minutes that PJ was making, and, and this it was it would be uh, even worse. Be a lot worse because he doesn't have his uh, bot his his um his body of work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's very very true. Yeah. Yeah, we'd have a topic on the show about trading uh, Matisse right now. I, I mean, I've already seen that online anyway. I don't think you need it. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen that. <laughs> um. All right. So, uh, final topic uh, tomorrow night. We got the Eric Snow Bowl. The, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Sixers traveling to uh, Cleveland. Uh, right now, we are a four-point underdog at Cleveland. Um. So, mm. Eric, what do you got in the uh, in the Eric Snow uh, Classic? <laughs> Am I allowed to pick? Um. Cleveland? Yeah. Of course. Yeah, Cleveland's going to win this one. Yeah, that's, I'm doing the same thing, so you're good. You're a new company. <laughs> um, they're good at home. They are good at home. I'm too, they're good at home. Um, is Allen playing? He's day-to-day right now, and so is Kevin Love. Yeah, that may be the only thing to help us if he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. They don't have that depth anymore. They Mobley solely against Embiid. If he picks up early fouls, they're in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Mobley, Mobley's still a little thin, thinner frame. Mm-hmm. So I think that that could kind of still hinder him against Joel, even though I like him a lot. Um, they're good. I mean, they, they play good. They defend, they play well at home, and guards are stellar. Um, it's going to be a tough one for us. They'll get it. And they haven't been playing well. I mean, they, they started out hot and Lost quite a few, doing some injuries and stuff, but yeah, that'll be a big game for them. They're eight and one at home. Um, yeah. That propelled me to so really good at home. Yeah, yeah, and it propelled me to say yes. They're gonna they're gonna win, and a little, little catch up. You know, not having this this will be one of those games not having your full team. Um, yeah, hits us. Yeah, because they're kind of they're not they're pretty deep. Considering yeah. their top end talent, um, credit to them, their team building and their management. Yeah. Um, like Levert's not even getting full minutes with them, so it's like, man, they got they they have a really they got a lot they got a lot of talent on that team. So, um, yeah, I pick yeah I pick Cleveland to win, unfortunately. Yeah, there's a three it's a three seed versus the five seed in the Eastern Conference as of right now. And I tell you what, if this thing stands the way it is right now, we play uh, Indiana in the first round of the playoffs. I know we have a lot lot of time left, but four versus five if it gets Indiana, I'll take that. So Indiana is the current four seed right now. Oh. Yeah, they're playing really well. Halburn's dominating right now. Yeah, Halburn looks great. I'd say. Indiana and, and probably Sacramento are the biggest surprises for me in Utah. Yeah. A lot more parity this year in the NBA. It's pretty good. Right still, now. Still right, early. Right now. Right now. Yeah. All those teams will fall off. Yeah. 
because I mean, you got right now Heat uh, the 10th 10 spot, Nets nine spot, Hawks eight spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think the Bulls you could be a playoff team. They're nine and eleven right now, the eleven spot. Knicks nine and eleven, twelve spot. So I mean, the Bulls is a team I don't know about. Like they, I don't know. You don't know in a bad way. Or you don't know about playing them. No, I just don't know what you know. If I'm a Bulls fan, I'll be a little concerned. Mm. I have one of my good friends is a Bulls fan, and, and I can tell by his reaction that he's concerned. <laughs> yeah, he just play like that against us. What if Brooklyn's still struggling and looking like a play-in team? I mean, how far does we're in the near the deadline? Think of the deadline, and they're a play-in team. Man, does Durant like just say? This is not – this isn't it. I gave you guys a second shot to be better. I just, I just can't see a guy like KD um, being traded at the trade deadline, like at the deadline. I just don't – unless unless they way behind. I think if they're somewhat in the playoff, playoff race, I just don't see him saying, hey, let's do this trade deadline deal. I just I – don't, I just don't see it. Um, like now, yeah, I get it. You can almost have, you know, 60 games or whatever you can play. But trade that line? Mm. No. Unless you're, getting, I mean, unless you're going to a team, like say trading you to Golden State, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, something like that. But uh, maybe, you know, it kind of depends on the team, I guess. The last report was that we were on his – weren't we one of the three shortlist teams? Yeah. I mean, yeah. my, my, Miami, I think, was one of them, and they're not playing that well either. Um, yeah. if, you look, if you're looking at us, it's pretty encouraging. You're like, shit, man, they're in the fifth seed, and they haven't really had their guys all half the year. So that's I like, mean, I don't, I just think, I think Brooklyn, when they gave Jock Vaughn the job, that those guys were committed to stick it out this year. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't go outside. I just, I just think that when they, when they have their whole group, We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what shakes out in the Eastern Conference with all these teams at the bottom that, you know, are usually in the playoffs at the Miami Heats of the world. I mean, they'll definitely be in the playoffs when it's all said and done. But it's always interesting to see the teams that are still in the playoff, like the Pacers of the world, who are still in the top four in the first two months of the season. I mean, because that's not going to last long. And same thing happens with the Wizards like every year because I know people around here are always like, oh, you see, Wizards top six this year. And I'm like, all right, well, 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 I'll talk to you in uh, in April. And then they're not in the playoffs. They're back in the lottery. So, yeah. But, all right, fellas. Well, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys on Friday as we discuss the uh, the Wednesday night showdown, the, the Eric Snow Classic in uh, Cleveland. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Right, later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.